Episode 78 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you for another week of Knicks and NBA talk. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. Hope you're enjoying this time of year, whether you celebrate Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Christmas, or you want to get the bleep up out of 2020 and you're looking forward to that smooth champagne on New Year's Eve. Also, Happy basketball season. The NBA is back. I'm watching the Knicks as I'm doing the show. So there's not, you know, not all is lost. Not all is lost. We're still have some sense of normalcy. Hopefully that continues to get better as we get into 2020. A little bit of background before we dive into the show. First and foremost, guys, again, you're going to be listening to this on either Christmas Day or throughout the, the last week of 2020 before we really you know, get the heck out of here and go on to 2021. So hope you're enjoying your Christmas day. Hope you're enjoying your holiday season. Um, I I really hope that you are uh, enjoying it with your family. If you can, you know, getting some good food, maybe watching some basketball or some Christmas movies or however you guys celebrate the holiday season. Um, Again, I'm recording this the day the Knicks open the season against the Pacers, they're actually playing right now. I'm watching the game as I record the podcast because, as you guys know, I, I try to record around the holidays. That's how I tend to do it around here. Don't have time on the actual holidays to do it, so I do it a little early. So this is actually being recorded on the 23rd, and then I'm going to go off and enjoy my own Christmas festivities, luckily with my family, um, hopefully like you guys are doing as well. This is the show I've been, you know, putting off, been trying to find time to do it. We finally are going to get to it, folks. Full preview, full predictions for the upcoming NBA season that's now actually underway, of course. Uh, The ball has been tipped, games have been finished, more games are playing as we speak. You'll know the results of the games as well. I'm not going to talk too much about the Knicks opener until next week when they've got a couple games under their belt, hopefully knock on wood, Uh, and we'll talk about the COVID situation going on in Houston later on as well but for right now um don't, you know i don't have time you know, not gonna have time on christmas eve not gonna have time on christmas day when the show is due so i'm going to do the show as the knicks are playing you know the game's probably not going to finish by the time the podcast ends so we'll fully dive into the knicks opening start to the season next week uh that that's where we will fully dive in to how the knicks are doing and again i'll have to record that around a holiday too new year's eve kind of gets in the way next week so we will <laughs> we'll figure it out but you guys will still get your content you guys will still get your your show as you always do just going to be recorded a little bit differently Knicks are down 23 to 20 right now as I record in the first quarter that's how you guys kind of get the the feeling of how I'm doing this at the moment first half of the show we're going to do the western conference preview and predictions second half of the show we're going to do the east and as always, I want to hear what you guys think as well. This year, more than any other year, I think in my prep, in my research, in my prediction gathering, I ha- I relied a lot more heavily on last year's results than I normally do, and I relied a lot on stats in general because, again, a lot of things can happen. You know, COVID's already impacting this season. Again, we'll get to that in a second. These are tough to do in a normal year. Uh, <laughs> and and they're even tougher to, to predict this year. So I lied. Part of me relied heavily on stats, heavily on last year's results. Player movement's always a factor as well. Trades, free agency moves. Or in this case, some somewhere along the line, lack thereof. And and that's how I kind of came up with these uh previews and predictions. For both conferences. So let's start in the West. We start in the very always difficult Western Conference. Now I didn't look at last year's predictions. I didn't want to be swayed by it. I've done this on other shows and I've been swayed by the predictions the previous year. And it's hurt my predictions in the year that I that I'm currently you know trying to predict. So but I do remember this, uh, because it's worth it's worth mentioning again. Last year, if I remember correctly, and again, I did not look to confirm this because I don't want it to, I didn't want it to impede or persuade what I did this year. I believe I had the Thunder finishing in last place in the West. They obviously did not finish in last. Chris Paul stuck around and they made the playoffs and they almost won a first round series, I believe against Houston. So they took it seven games. So again, 
I went back, I, I looked at their roster again. I, I kind of had to weed through a couple of things. You know, I, I I went back and forth on a lot of these as I as I normally tend to do anyway. But this one in particular, I, I wasn't sure kind of where I wanted to put this team. Again, they finished uh, fifth in the West last year. 44 wins for this team a season ago. I just don't see that happening this time around. This is, again, a, a roster that, you know, again, has some talent. You know, I'm not, not trying to disregard them. But losing Chris Paul, massive, and, and the team I'm talking about, you might as well reveal them now, is the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm doing it to the Thunder again. They added Al Horford, you know, George Hill, is 34 years old. They have some young talent. Lou Dort, Shea Gildress-Alexander, Hamadou Diallo, youngsters on this team. They added a 35-year-old Trevor Ariza. You know, Ty Jerome's gotten some run as well. But when you look at the roster from top to bottom, uh, it's a really poor roster in the West. You know, Justin Jackson comes over as well, 25 years old. There's just no stars left on this team. There's no leaders that make a big impact on the scene. Listen, Al Horford and Trevor Reese and George Hill, they're great leaders, but I don't think it leads to more wins on this team. They had 44 victories a season ago. I think that you can chop maybe 15 off of that, maybe even more. Um, they're probably going to be a 20-something win team. And in this Western Conference, when you look at who could be possibly ahead of them, I, I, I'm going to put them in last. I, I, I just... I think with... with and, Maybe it'll make more sense when I get to some of the other teams that are ahead of them, but I think they lost the most in the West, and they and they certainly didn't gain enough to compensate for it. The point guard position is going to be a huge problem for OKC throughout the season. They are old in positions that, that you can't afford to be old in, and they're young in positions where I just don't know if they'll be able to carry enough of the load, and they have talent on this roster. We saw that last year, but when you take out the nucleus in Chris Paul and don't replace it properly I, I think the thunder are going to take a massive step back I, I think they could finish a spot or two higher injuries could certainly uh change things but i think the thunder in 15th for the time being <laughs> i don't want to feel like it's going to hurt me again here to do this but i feel like it makes the most sense i think okc finishing in 15th in the west it, it's probably what's going to happen I, I think it's the most likely scenario 14th, and I, I was shocked I even put this team here, to be honest with you, based on last year, how they did. But I looked around, and, and who's improved, you know, who's gotten better. This is a team that, you know, made it to the bubble and lost in a, you know, playoff round, uh, the best two out of three, I think it was, in the bubble. In 14th, I've got the Memphis Grizzlies. I, I I was a little surprised myself when I found out that, you know, I kind of ran out of spots for them and kind of put them in 14th. It, it's twofold again. Who's in front of them? Who's gotten better? Um, who's recovering? We'll get to one team that has in a second. But then I looked at the roster, kind of looked how they did last year. And listen, John Morant's going to have another big year. You know, I, I think that that's a given, you know, Adding some youngsters in Xavier Tillman and Killian Tilly helped the front court a little bit with Jonas Valanciunas. You know, Justice Winslow is a win. Gorgie Dang helping with the front court as well. But then after that, there's not a lot of weapons here. I mean, Tyus Jones is a helpful piece. Another Duke product in Grayson Allen. Although he's a head case, man. Uh, it's tough to tell what you're going to get from him. Listen, Dylan Brooks is probably going to be the second best player on this team potentially this year. And Jaron Jackson Jr. is only 21. But I, I just look at, again, the teams in front of them potentially this season. And then on top of that, you know, I just don't think that this team is going to be strong enough, particularly down low. To Again, there's some depth there, but I just, I look at the rest of the West. I think, I think Memphis could take a step back this year. And maybe not a big step back as far as wins and losses, but they only won 34 games last year. I could see them only winning maybe 28 games and falling to the 14th spot. I mean, it could be that drastic for them this season. I'm going to reluctantly put them there because I just looked around and I was just thinking, man, I think this team could be better than them. This team, this team. And I'm just like, oh my God, they've I've got them in 14th. It kind of came out of nowhere, but that's kind of where I, I'm going to put them. You know, I think that that could be 
you know, a, a, a realistic possibility for this Memphis team. I really do. So I, that's kind of where I've got them at the moment. I that It just makes the most sense, I think, in the moment. So I'm going to put the, the Grizzlies at 14th. This is where I started to really have some trouble. I, I, I didn't know... I was a little, I was struggling a little bit on where to go here, um, but I put the Warriors in thirteenth. I, I I think that this is a tough one to gauge. Obviously, they looked really poor against Brooklyn. Steph Curry looked really bad. He struggled quite a bit in that uh, what was it a twenty six point defeat, something like that against Brooklyn on opening night. He was really poor for Golden State. And listen, Draymond Green is still there. You look around the roster, uh, no Clay Thompson. You have Andrew Wiggins. James Wiseman looked pretty good. 19-year-old product out of Memphis. Eric Paschal could be a factor. Kelly Oubre certainly could be helpful as well. Kevon Looney is a solid cornerstone piece down low. Kent Bazemore can give you something off the bench potentially. But after Steph Curry, there's a massive drop-off on this team. Listen, Draymond Green's going to be a solid player. But other than that, I mean, it's, you know... Not a lot here, you know, and Andrew Wiggins, again, could be a big-time player, but I, I I just have the Warriors going up a couple of spots. Remember, they won only 15 games last season, the worst record uh, in the entire NBA. So, you know, they get the second pick in the draft, they get James Wiseman, I think it's a solid pick for them. So I, I could see them maybe winning, you know, 24, 25 games. You know, again, Steph Curry's going to, do well but again without other guys to help on the offensive end I think he's going to be stressed a lot he's going to have to take a lot of shots to score a lot of points that worries me quite a bit so again for those you know I saw some people saying well what you know the Warriors could maybe sneak into the playoffs it's possible you know the trade deadline crazy things can happen but the Warriors don't have much wiggle room there because they're going they're expecting Clay Thompson to come back and they're going to try to run it back again with him and the Splash Brothers and, and, and this group. So for the time being, because Clay's not in there, I, I can't put them in a playoff spot. And, and again, these are all going to be tight. These could all go one way or another. But I've got the Warriors in 13th. I, I think that that's probably fair uh, at the moment, fair expectation for Golden State at the moment. 12th, I, I put the San Antonio Spurs. Um, I... I I think I put I think I bought a little too much into Popovich a season ago and what he could potentially do. Again, San Antonio got to the bubble, didn't do a ton in the bubble. You have a 31-year-old DeMar DeRozan, 34-year-old Rudy Gay, 35-year-old LaMarcus Aldridge. They did draft a young point guard from Duke in Trey Jones, who I think could be a really solid fit for this roster. Jakob Pertl is 25 years old, the center out of Utah is an interesting a uh, guy that continues to develop. Derek White's been a solid pickup out of Colorado a few seasons ago. Trey Lyles being put onto this roster as well. They drafted Devin Vassell out of Florida State. You know, they have Lonnie Walker the fourth from last year as well out of Miami. It, you know, it, it's, a, it's an interesting roster. You know, Keldon Johnson out of Kentucky is an interesting pickup for them as well from a couple, of, sorry, from a season ago. So there's some, and, and again, you you know, Patty Mills still around as well, right? So you've got some veteran presence on this roster. I could see them winning close to 30 games. Like that, they're, they're, they're going to be probably hanging around for the playoffs for parts of this season, but I don't think they're going to make it. I think that's kind of where I've put them at the moment. I think 12 is probably fair. They could get a little higher because I've taken a couple of risks ahead of them. But I think for right now, 12th is probably right around where San Antonio finishes. And I think it's going to be another year uh, where San Antonio doesn't make the playoffs under Greg Popovich. So we'll see what happens. But I think 12th is probably right around where they're going to finish. Probably one or two either way. Most likely up, but still. I think San Antonio probably 12th is right around where they're going to finish. 11th is where I, again, I, I started to hesitate a little bit with what I wanted to do. This team won 31 games last season. I I thought about putting them higher. I actually debated putting them lower than where I have them as well in 11th. I go back and forth on this team all the time. And the team I'm talking about are the Sacramento Kings. I have them in 11th. I, 
I look at the roster. I look at the roster. And I think, hmm, this is a good roster. Marvin Bagley III. Harrison Barnes, who's, by the way, still 28 years old. Still in his late 20s. De'Aaron Fox. Kyle Guy. Tyrese Halliburton, who they just drafted. Buddy Heald. Corey Joseph. Jabari Parker, if he stays healthy. Jamius Ramsey, who I've mentioned before. Texas Tech point guard. Hassan Whiteside. Glenn Robinson III. And some other pieces as well on this roster. It's a, it's a strong roster under Luke Walton that could do some things. I just worry about them defensively. Some, I think, have had you know them potentially in the playoffs, you know, which is not out of the realm this year in the West. I think they could win a few more games than they did a season ago and be in that mix. You know, the team that finished in eighth last season after that playoff round was Portland with 35 wins. That's possible for Sacramento this year. They could get to 35 wins and be in this mix. But for right now, I think because of an experience, because of the head coach, I've got them at 11th. I could see them maybe sneaking in to the playoffs. I think there's a big drop-off probably between 7th and 8th this year in the West. But I could see I could see the Kings being a factor. I really could. They're a team to watch this season. They really are. I, I could see them making it very interesting in the Western Conference. No question about it. The team in 10th that I have is a team I think that could surprise some people this year. This is probably my biggest risk, potentially, of the entire predictions because of how poor they were a season ago. New coach in Ryan Saunders. Some stars in Russell and Towns. Rubio as well. You add in Kogi, Naz Reed, Ashton Hagens, Anthony Edwards just drafted as well. Jarek Culver, Malik Beasley. I have I had this team probably as low as 12th, and this is the highest I had them. I got a sneaky suspicion about the Minnesota Timberwolves this season. I know that they were really poor a season ago. 19 wins. I I could see them making up some of that gap. I really could. This is I this is the two that I probably went back and forth on the most. The Kings and the and the Timberwolves. I, I, these two could really, the, if anyone from outside of the playoffs is legitimately going to crash the party, that's you know not in the playoff hunt, it's those two teams. Those are the two we're looking at. So I, I, I have the Timberwolves 10th. It's, it's, it's optimistic, I have to say. But I, I think Minnesota could really turn some heads this season. Anthony Edwards could be a really strong addition to this team. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they look like. I, I, I admit it's ambitious because again, I think the Kings and the Spurs could get ahead of them, but I'm going to put the Timberwolves in 10th and be a little optimistic here on what, on what the T-Wolves could do this season in Minnesota. Let's get into the contenders. Now the contenders in the West for the playoffs at nine, I've got the Pelicans. Another one where I went, I went back and forth big time on this. I really did. I, 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 the first time I looked at them, my thought was, Ooh, they could be a playoff team. They could be a playoff team. No question. Certainly in the hunt with Steven Adams, Lonzo ball, Eric Bledsoe, Josh Hart, Nikhil Alexander Walker. They drafted Kyra Lewis jr. Brandon Ingram's a stud. You throw in a, a veteran in JJ Redick. And of course, yeah, that guy, Zion Williamson as well saving the best for last i i really love this roster i really do it's exciting it's athletic it's a good mix of experience and talent and they just brought in stan van gundy to be the new head coach i think that's a fantastic addition for the new orleans pelicans and they're going to be in the mix no question about it if they stay healthy this team will be in the playoff hunt towards the end of the season. No question about that. But I think they're I, I gonna I'm gonna say they miss out because and we'll get to them. I, you know I, I I always do this with because I, I just love other teams here. I, I'll say this. there's one of two teams I think that could compete with the top seven. 
The Pelicans are one, and the team I have sneaking into the playoffs are the other. And the other is a team that just missed out a season ago, had 34 victories, and honestly, I think could make a big step this year. I think could finally get over the top and get back into the NBA playoffs. And that team is the Phoenix Suns. I have got the Phoenix Suns in eighth spot. Again, I look at their roster, what they added. I think adding Tyshawn Alexander out of Creighton is an interesting move. It could be very effective for them. And then what do they bring back? They bring back quite a bit, right? They bring back a guy in Devin Booker who's a stud, right? DeAndre Ayton's a fantastic player. Javon Carter has turned into a really nice NBA player. Cam Johnson. Etwan Moore, Frank Kaminsky, Jay Crowder, an addition as well. Langston Galloway, Knicks fans, what's good? 29 years old. Mikhail Bridges is a stud out of Villanova. And then the big one. Adding Chris Paul to this Phoenix Suns roster, for me, puts them over the top. I think that's the difference maker when you look at this Western Conference race for the playoffs. I think Chris Paul makes this team a playoff team. I think Chris Paul makes this team a dangerous playoff team. By the way, Dario Saric and the the drafting of Jalen Smith, which looked a little weird on draft night, when you consider the depth on the roster, it's an interesting pickup right now. It's it's not it's not a game changer most likely this season. But down the road, again, he's only 20 years old. It's an interesting draft pick that Phoenix decided to go with. So, I, especially because they got Chris Paul. So it's, I I love this roster. I love the way it's looking for them right now. I th- I didn't mention Cameron Payne, a guy that could be a, a, an interesting guy as well on this roster. But regardless, with Paul, with Booker, with Crowder, Bridges, Aiton. The list goes on and on. This is a really good Phoenix Suns team potentially this season. I've got them in the eighth spot. I think that they could be a team that crashes the party in the NBA playoffs. And if Chris Paul does anything like he did with the Thunder last season, the Suns could be the OKC of the Western Conference this season. If Chris Paul's got another another year in him where he can make this a culture-driven Suns roster that plays hard every night, has a ton of talent, it can shock a lot of people. They could maybe break into that top seven, potentially, if things go their way. But right now, I think they're a playoff team. I put them in the eighth spot just a, just a smidge above those New Orleans Pelicans. But again, after that, you know, you look at the Kings, the Timberwolves, and the Spurs. Those are the next three. But for right now, I've got the Suns in the eighth spot. All right. Seventh spot. I went back and forth again on a couple of teams here. But I settled on the Trailblazers. I think this is where the cutoff begins. I think the, I think the Trailblazers begin that cut above the rest group in this, uh, you know, Western Conference. Here's the deal. This team dealt with so many injuries last season and still made the NBA playoffs. Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, they got them there. They re-signed Carmelo Anthony. I think that was a solid move that needed to be done. You're hoping that Zach Collins can stay healthy. Robert Covington, I think, is a nice addition on this team. You know, Rodney Hood as well. Love Rodney Hood as an NBA player. You bring in Ennis Cantor. A fantastic decision, I think, by this team as well. Hopefully, Yusef Nurkic can stay healthy. And I love another season with Gary Trent in this system. I think Gary Trent Jr. is a perfect wing player for a Terry Stotts offense. It just makes a ton of sense with him in it. I think they're a, they're a solid a solid playoff team. By the way, you had a Derek Jones Jr. who can jump out of the gym as well. I, I like it. I, I think the Blazers are in good shape. If they stay healthy, they're going to be dangerous in the playoffs. That's the big caveat with them. They have not proven that over the last couple of seasons that they can stay healthy. They're still good enough to be a playoff team without that. But if you want if you're talking about, you know, contenders, they're not a contender unless they stay healthy. So we'll see how that goes. But for right now, I like how they're looking. They're part of the cut above the rest in the West. And for right now, I've got them in the seventh spot. Sixth position is a team I wasn't sure at all where I was going to put them. I had no idea. 
I still don't know where they're going to finish. I really, I, I, I'm, I, I really find it tough with this next team. They could finish, I think, as high as fourth. They could finish as low as seventh, I think, in my opinion. I've got them at sixth. It's the Houston Rockets. I don't know what we're going to get from Houston. By the way, mentioned the COVID situation. Houston's not going to play their first game of the season against OKC because it's been postponed due to COVID-19 within, I think, Houston's um, organization. Uh, so it's it's tough times right now for these two squads. Um, apparently, uh, according to multiple reports, the game has been postponed after COVID-19 cases and James Harden's violation of the NBA COVID-19 protocols left Houston below the league-mandated eight players available. Tough times. Tough to see for Houston. Obviously, it's disappointing to see that from James Harden, a guy that's supposed to be a leader on this team, but... You know, for all I know, he's not committed right now to this Houston team. He's wanted out. He's demanded a trade. Didn't get one. So that's hanging over this team's head. And on top of that, you look at the roster. Yes, some of the mainstays are there. You look at James Harden, Eric Gordon. You know, those guys have always been a part of this team. P.J. Tucker. You added in John Wall, which is, again, an interesting move, yet a risky move. On this team, Ben McLemore, Dan Wellhouse Jr. comes back for another season. DeMarcus Cousins being added again, high reward, but big risk. Could not pl- might not play very much this season with his injury history. And then there's a big drop-off like, like a normal <laughs> Houston Rockets roster. And, and Steven Silas has got a lot to deal with with this Houston team. Fans of College Hoops uh, will probably be excited if Chris Clemens plays it all for Houston. Uh, star point guard at a Campbell for the Campbell Camels in college basketball. One, I, I think he's the all-time leading scorer in Division One. He's up there. He's, he's one of the best of all time uh, scoring in, in college. Good to see him in the NBA. We'll see how he does if he plays it all with this team. But you know, again, other than that, you know, it's you're going to get what you get out of Houston. And if James Harden's not committed, you know, they're not going to be a threat in the playoffs, in my opinion. So for right now, I think sixth is roughly a good mark for them. And that's where I'm going to stick them right now, I I think. And one of the reasons I have them there as well is because I trust the top five teams a lot more than I trust Houston. You know what I mean? Again, Houston could finish below Portland if Portland stays healthy and John Wall doesn't work out in Houston. But I'm going to, you know, kind of even it out and put Houston in sixth. I, the fifth team, the fifth team, I trust a lot more, and, that, and that's the Utah Jazz. Again, I don't know playoff-wise what they're going to do. You know, they finished sixth last season. They took Denver to seven, almost pulled off the upset in the NBA playoffs, uh, but lost a really tough game seven in the bubble in Orlando. But you look at the roster. You know, they ended up, you know, holding on to Mike Connolly Jr. and Boban Bogdanovich. I said Boyan Bogdanovich. Jordan Clarkson being put onto this team, of course, as well. Rudy Gobert, obviously a defensive player of the year candidate. Joe Ingles as well. And then, of course, Donovan Mitchell leading the way. So, for right now, I I, I trust them a lot more. I think they're a better team. I think Quinn Snyder is going to have them as one of the better teams again in the West. I think the addition of Yudoka Azabuki out of Kansas, very interesting. For this team could be a very interesting piece that could get some playing time on this roster. It's a veteran team. It's a team that's had success in the playoffs. By the way, Mie Oni out of Yale. Interesting pickup for them. Interesting pickup. We'll see how that works out for them. But for right now, we'll wait and see. I think Utah is my fifth team in the West at the moment. Fourth through first, I think was relatively self-explanatory. I'm not going to go deep into this because I do have to take a break and then we're going to get into the East. I've got the Mavs in fourth. I think they could win 50 games this year. I know 52 uh, won it in the West last year, but again, it was a shortened season. It's only 72 games this year, but I think that I think the Mavs could win 50 games. I really do. I think they're that good. If KP stays healthy, they, they could finish higher than this. I'm I'm kind of nervous about him as far as his injuries this season, if I'm a Mavs fan. But 
I think when you look at the West, who could win the West, I think this is where you start to look at the title contenders. From the fourth spot up, it starts with Dallas, in my opinion, and, and I think that they're they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. So I think the Mavs, where did the Mavs, I think the Mavs finished seventh last year. I got them the, up to fourth this season. That was one of the ones I think I had right last year, if I remember correctly, the Mavs in seventh. Got them fourth this year. I think they're going to take a big step up. and We'll see how they do in the playoffs when the postseason comes around. And then third spot, the runners-up in the West a season ago, the Denver Nuggets, I, I think, deserve that credibility again this season. The, remember, they're a pretty young team in Denver. I think people forget about that when you think about the Denver Nuggets. There's some youngsters on this team who are getting the job done for Denver. No question about it. Listen, you look at the roster... We know Nikola Jokic is a stud. He's only 25 years old. Jamal Murray's 23. Michael Porter Jr.'s 22. Gary Harris, 26. You've added some youngsters onto this roster. Veteran presence in Paul Millsap back for another season as well. See what you can get out of Bull Bull. Will Barton's a big piece on this squad as well. That's what I'm looking at with this Denver team. They could be a team that challenges for the NBA title again. I really think so. They could maybe... Who knows? Maybe get to an NBA Finals this year. They're in that they're in that conversation. Saying they're not is is forgetting what happened in games 5, 6 and 7 last year. I know it was in the bubble, but that was legit what they did to the Clippers. And as you might have expected, the two LA teams topped the charts because it's the regular season. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not putting anything at all on the first game between these two, although the Clippers did look good and Paul George looked fresh. But I've got the Clippers winning the Western Conference regular season. I've got the Lakers in second, basically because I think the Lakers are going are gonna to arrest a lot of guys. I, I don't think they're going to try and win the West regular season. I, I think that if they're in the conversation, they will go for it. But I think the Clippers are a deeper team. I think they're still the better team over a 72-game season. In the playoffs, I think the Lakers will be the favorites. I think that it's it's hard to bet against them after what they did last season, but again, they never played each other. So I think the Clippers are the Western Conference favorite for the regular season, but again, it's tough to bet against the Lakers right now in a seven-game series. They're the favorites overall to win the title. But for the West, in the regular season, I'm going to give it to the Clippers. I think they top the West and get the number one overall seed. I'm going to give the the Lakers the two seed in a 72-game season, probably with roughly around 56, 57 wins, something like that for the Clippers, and 53, 54, something like that, probably, for the Lakers. That's probably what you're looking at, something like that at the top of the Western Conference this season. Any surprises? I mean, it felt, you know, as I was reading them out, it felt expected in some in some ways probably my biggest my biggest risk is probably the Timberwolves um and maybe the Suns in some regard and and maybe the Rockets other than that I can't think of many you know reaches I have maybe a couple of reaches in the east we'll get to those but for right now that's what I've got we'll take a break let me know what you think in the comments about my western conference predictions but I know what you guys are here for second half of the show the Eastern Conference, where are the Knicks going to finish? And who's going to top the regular season? Who's the title favorite in the East? We'll get to it next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. All right, we did the best from the West. It's time to move on to the Beasts from the East. The Eastern Conference preview here on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Again, the Knicks are playing as we speak. they got a one-point lead in the second quarter. You guys already know the score. Enjoying your holiday cocoa. So for right now, we're just diving into the full preview here for this upcoming Eastern Conference season. We'll start as we always do at the bottom with the 15th place team. I, I went back and forth a little bit on this, but when you look at the options here, who could potentially finish in last, right? Who Who's that team that's going to round it out at the bottom of the Eastern Conference standings. I think it was, in the end, relatively straightforward for me. I, I, I had a couple of candidates for it. 
But in the end, I gave it to the Detroit Pistons. And I just... Boy, I'll tell you what. I just don't know what to think of Detroit. I, I, I really... They could be really bad this year. I, I, I Again, listen. They added Sadiq Bey, a good addition to that roster. Blake Griffin is 31. They added Killian Hayes, the French point guard as well. But then I looked around the rest of the roster, and it's Wayne Ellington... Rodney Magruder, Jaleel Okafor, Mason Plumley, you know, Derek Rose. It's it's a roster in transition. It's a roster with a lot of really, you know, mediocre players on it. And not a lot of depth for Dwayne Casey. I, I think 15th might be a little harsh, but I looked at the teams around them and I looked at where they could possibly finish. And I just remember thinking, ah. I don't see anybody that's worse than them right now. I, I just look at... This roster just doesn't feel like it fits together very well. That's kind of where I I've, I settled on it. You know, there's there's some talent. Josh Jackson is young. You know, Svima Kyluk is interesting. Not probably a big game changer. Jeremy Grant is an interesting pickup for them. And again, you know, you guys know how I feel about Sadiq Bey. But I, I, this could be a team that loses, you know, 45 games out of 72, something like that, maybe 50 this season. And, that, and that's looking like last place roughly this year, maybe more than that. But still, that that's you're not going to finish much higher than that with 20 wins this year. So that's kind of where I've got Detroit. I've got them in last. Maybe it's a little harsh, but I, I think that I, I couldn't put them anywhere else. I just looked at everybody else. In the East, I just kept saying, man, I just don't think Detroit's better than anybody right now. So maybe, again, if you're, if you're, you know, if you're upset for whatever reason, let me know. Let me know in the comments below. The next team on the list that I've got in 14th are the Cleveland Cavaliers, who, by the way, are actually smoking Charlotte right now uh, <laughs> on opening night. They're up by 21 at the break over the Charlotte Hornets. We'll get to them in a second. But I, I looked over the course of the season. They hung on to Larry Nance Jr. They still have Kevin Love. JaVale McGee joins the fold. You know, Osman, some of the youngsters, Windler, Wade, Stevens, all in their, uh, you know, early 20s. Colin Sexton, still a youngster. Darius Garland, a youngster. I don't know how much you're going to get out of Dante Exum. Andre Drummond, Still a head-scratching move. They still have Delhi, Matthew Delavadova, and former Nick Damian Dotson. But I, I just look at the roster and I just, I don't know. That, that's not a roster that's going to win a ton of games. You know, that they didn't win a ton last year with a similar roster. So I think it's simple for me to put Cleveland in that 14th spot. I think it just made the most sense. Um, and, and it's kind of where I think, you know, is fair. You know, I think that's kind of a fair spot for them right now. And we'll see what happens. You know, that's kind of where I that's kind of where I got it right now. So we'll see. This is where it was tricky for me. I've gone back and forth on this a couple of times. The 13th spot. And again, I just told you that they're struggling at the moment. But that's not the reason I got them down here. Um the 13th spot I've actually given to the to the Charlotte hornets here and one of the reasons when you look at this charlotte roster and you look at what they did last year and again i'm not taking many of the game stuff into account listen they add Lamelo ball by the way bismack biombo is only 28 years old i don't know how the heck that's possible but it's true so that's where that's where i've got them right now oh my gosh i'm sorry i'm so sorry i went out of order i went out of order oh my goodness i'm so sorry about that that's not how i wanted to do it but i did i went out of order i apologize i got the hornets in 12th i skipped ahead on the rankings here i've actually and i, and I didn't want to introduce it this way but i got the knicks in 13th i think that's where the knicks could most realistically finish i think the highest the knicks could finish is probably 12th you know i i, I look at I looked at, you know, the Knicks are the team I've looked at the most. 
And I, I liked what I saw during the preseason. Again, really disappointed, obviously, that Miles Powell did not make the roster. Hopefully, he'll be on the G League scene for the Knicks this season with Westchester. And who knows, maybe the NBA team will see. But with Tom Thibodeau, you know, and again, the Knicks are holding their own right now in, in their opener against the Pacers. But again, I'm not trying to go too deep into that. But I look at the Knicks roster, a lot to be excited about. Quickly and Toppin being added in. Nerlens Noel looks like he could be a really nice piece to what this New York Knicks team can do moving forward. Year two with R.J. Barrett could be very, very interesting. Obi Toppin, like I mentioned, along with veterans like Mitchell, oh, not Mitchell Robinson, pardon me, uh, Julius Randle, Alfred Payton, Reggie Bullock, and then some of those other fringe guys. Can Kevin Knox take another step forward? You know, what's the rest of the point guard position going to look like with Smith Jr. and Nilakina? We'll have to see. But for right now, you know, I think that's kind of where I'm thinking at the moment for the Knicks. RJ Barron, I'm excited to see year two from him. Alec Burks being added in, it, it, you know, is an, is an interesting piece. We'll see what he does. Can certainly fill it up. So we'll see. We'll see at the moment what the Knicks decide to do uh, moving forward, how they will handle this team, what Tom Thibodeau is going to be looking for from this team. But for right now, you know, we'll see how they do against the Pacers. You guys will know the score uh, by the time you listen to the podcast. But for right now, I think 13th is reasonable for the New York Knicks. I've got the Hornets at 12th. Yes, there they are, the Charlotte Hornets. Remember remember that? Bismack Biombo's 28. That's pretty crazy, right? You know, LaMelo Ball being added into the mix with Miles Bridges. Vernon Carey Jr. is only 19 years old. Devontae Graham, who was a revelation a season ago. Both of the Martin twins from Nevada are on this team. Interesting stuff. And then, of course, the stars. Malik Monk, Gordon Hayward. Um, maybe not a star moniker for Monk, but he's got some talent. The stars, though, are, are, are obviously Hayward, Terry Rozier, they add in a Cody Zeller, a PJ Washington to the fold as well. I think they're just a step ahead of the Knicks. More more talent. They have a they have a couple of stars on this roster as well. So I, I, I think that, you know, Charlotte's gonna be a cut above. I think they could probably get a step higher, Charlotte, because the team that I have in eleventh is is a team that could, you know, move up and down depending on how the season goes for them. But I think it's safe to put the Hornets in 12th and kind of see what happens. You know, they, they could maybe be a surprise outfit in the East, but for right now, I think that's a fair spot to put them. 11th. I didn't expect to have this team this high when I put this together, but here they are. Uh, it's the Chicago Bulls at 11th. Uh, I looked at their roster, looked at what they added what they still had, you know, Laurie Markin, if he stays healthy, I think is a big, big, big part of this roster. Otto Porter Jr., Zach Levine. It, it's a solid team. You know, Kobe White, I, I think, is an interesting piece on this team, along with Denzel Valentine as well. Thaddeus Young is a veteran guy that can maybe give this team a little juice. So I, I, I think this team, you know, again, is probably going to be neck and neck with the Hornets if they can stay healthy. Again, Wendell Carter Jr., Nice piece on this team. Adding a guy like a Devon Dotson could be very helpful as well. So we'll see what happens. But for right now, I, I think you've got to look at this Bulls roster. I think they're going to be just a step ahead at the start. But if the Hornets can figure it out, and if Hayward can stay healthy, that's one of the other reasons I've got the Bulls just ahead. It could be an interesting race. You know, could, They could maybe make something happen and be in the hunt when we're talking about the NBA playoffs in the east we'll have to see but i think they're a step down from that at the moment both teams the the hornets and the bulls but for right now i got the bulls in 11th spot now the playoff contenders the legitimate playoff contenders here in the east i've got the magic in 10th um the magic were a team that were a playoff team a season ago they got to the bubble and and didn't make a whole lot of noise uh after game one of that series with the bucks listen it's a good team there's some good players on this roster. Cole Anthony is added to this team with Mo Bamba, Michael Carter-Williams, uh, Markel Fultz, Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, Terrence Ross, Nikola Vucevic. It's a solid team. It's a playoff team, potentially, but I, I think it's probably going to be a few games short of that mark. 
Al Farouk Aminu's a nice piece as well. He just turned 30. So I, I like the team. It's a solid team. It's a playoff contender in the East, but I'm going to put them in the 10th spot and feel probably like that's roughly where they're going to finish. Now, a team that I, I thought about putting in, I did, because they finished where I have them <laughs> last season. It's the Washington Wizards. Uh, I, I thought hard about it. I thought long and hard about putting them in. But I just I think they're going to come up just short. I think Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook together is very good. A very interesting combination. You know, Rui Hachimura is a guy I like a lot that could be continue to be a revelation. Nobody was talking about him out of college as far as a pro season ago. And I remember saying like, hey, you know, don't sleep on this kid. He's got everything in, in the back. And he's shown that he could be a really special player. So there's stars on this team. There's good up-and-coming talent. But I've got the Wiz kids in ninth. I think they're just going to miss out on the NBA playoffs. As far as playoff teams... As soon as I saw what this team did during the offseason, I thought, you know what? I'm going to end up putting them in the playoffs, aren't I? They're going to be a playoff team. I just, it'd be really tough to see this team not make it. I think they're going to be a team that we're seeing in the playoffs. The roster is just too good. The additions they made are just too good. And I think the Atlanta Hawks are the eighth seed for me right now in the East. It's all around Trey Young. You add Bogdan Bogdanovich in a trade. Clint Capella's on this roster. Chris Dunn. Danilo Gallinari, again, injury-prone, but could bring something to this team. Kevin Herter. DeAndre Hunter. Cam Reddish. Tony Snell. And for me, the biggest piece that was added to this team, Rajon Rondo. A champion and a guy that could really be a huge addition for Lloyd Pierce and the Atlanta Hawks. I think they get in. I think they get in. Some of their additions are interesting. And Yekka Nkungwu from the draft, I think, is a nice piece. Skyler Mays, we'll see. We'll see if he makes the roster. But for right now, sorry, if he makes the roster, we'll see what he does. You know, obviously, the Hawks are going to be in action. So he's on the team. What I meant is, what's his his production going to look like? Not sure. So we'll have to see. But for right now, I, I think the Hawks are a playoff team. For what they added... I think you got to put them in. I think you've got to put them in there and and see how they do. I hate to say it, but the seventh team, they just keep falling. I, I've, I noticed that when I, when I put them here, they're slowly but surely falling in a lot of rankings. And it's the Indiana Pacers who I've got in seventh, a team the Knicks are playing tonight uh, as I record this podcast. I don't know what's going on. I, I feel like maybe just because the East is getting better, and they're just kind of been, they've kind of been stagnant. But listen, Malcolm Brogdon's a heck of a player. Jeremy Lamb, Justin, and Aaron Holiday on this team as well. Um, TJ McConnell, Victor Oladipo, Demontis Sabonis. There's some good players on this team. Miles Turner, TJ Warren, who you don't want to get into a to a trash talking match with. You add a good, strong athlete in Cassius Stanley out of Duke. Keelan Martin out of Butler is on this roster as well. Guy I liked a lot in college. So, listen, it's a good team. But I think because they stayed stagnant and other teams got better, I had to put them in seventh. I I think that kind of made sense for me when I was going through this. And one of the reasons they're in seventh is because of the team that's in sixth, and that team is the Brooklyn Nets. Now, some people are going to already throw the kitchen sink at me and and maybe be upset with that. It's probably my most controversial prediction of the of the eastern conference that i've got here maybe the entire predictions you let me know in the comments listen i heard a lot of people already dubbing the nets as dark horses for the eastern conference crown after they beat the warriors on opening night pump the brakes now i'm not saying they're not going to be good this year they're going to be good if they stay healthy the, the brooklyn nets will be a factor in the nba playoffs there's no denying that Durant and Irving enough is going to make them a factor. That's already enough to be a contender in the East. No questions about that. And listen, they looked good. They won by 26 on opening night against a really poor Golden State Warriors team who, 
you know, also didn't play very well. So that was a double whammy for them. And again, there's good players besides Durant and Irving on this roster. You look at Jared Allen. You look at Karis LeVert. Landry Shamit, which was an under-the-radar move during the offseason. Spencer Dinwiddie. Joe Harris. Another re-signing there as well. There's veterans like Jeff Green and DeAndre Jordan on this team as well. So it's a solid roster for Steve Nash. But Steve Nash is a first-year head coach. So there's going to be some growing pains with this team, even with Durant and Irving and Levert and Dinwiddie on this roster. So I think sixth is fair. The Nets could finish fourth. I think that's probably their ceiling. But for right now, I'm trusting the teams that have got more veterans on the roster are better cohesive teams. I'm not saying in the playoffs the Nets can't beat those teams. They can. No question. But we're doing the standings in the regular season. I'm putting the Nets sixth. I think they're going to have to go on the road to play in the playoffs this year. Might not be that way next year, granted. But for right now, I think that's that's where Brooklyn's at right now. And the team I've got just ahead of them are America's team. The Toronto Raptors. <laughs> I, listen, here's the deal with Toronto. When I first started looking through what they had, what they had done, you know, the situation, right, with with Toronto. The bad news is they lost a few big pieces. They, they lost Marc Gasol and they lost Serge Ibaka. I, I thought those were, you know, pieces that you'd like to have back, but with, with how old they are, you know, it was probably time to move them on. You still have OG Ananobi. You bring in Aaron Baines to hopefully be a guy that could be an impact player down low. Malachi Flynn, interesting, interesting move getting him. I like that as a potential Toronto backcourt mate. I really like that. You still have Norman Powell. You still have a star in Pascal Siakam. Fred Van Fleet resigns, and you've got Kyle Lowry. This is still a very good team. You know, this is still a team that's going to potentially make some noise in the NBA playoffs. So I, I think for right now, fifth is fair. They could, you know, fall behind Brooklyn. You know, that that's possible. Brooklyn figures it out. Again, Brooklyn could be a top four team in the East, no question. But for right now, I think I think the the, the Raptors have earned some of the respect to be put in fifth. So I'm going to put them there and be pretty confident that that's very possible of happening. The team I got in fourth is a team that I honestly didn't expect to put there about two, three weeks ago, roughly, maybe about a month ago. And I've got the Sixers in fourth spot. I, I, I think that they turned their offseason around. I really do. Listen, the, the, the pitfalls there for Philly are still very, very immediate. You know, they, they're still injury-prone roster. They still, you know, don't quite have it all figured out. But they've added Seth Curry. They've added a great coach in Doc Rivers, who I think could really take them to the next step. I think Tyrese Maxey's a solid pick in the draft. Paul Reed signs as well. I love that. Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Dwight Howard to back him up, I think is an interesting move. Tobias Harris as well. And you throw in some guys that can help. You know, Mike Scott, a Shake Milton, a Matisse Thibel. It's a solid team. Danny Green, by the way, a huge addition, I thought, for the Sixers as well. Again, they needed they needed some shooting. And they they got it in a big way. By the way, Seth Curry, son-in-law of Doc Rivers. Interesting dynamic there. Regardless, I think the Sixers are the fourth team right now. I really do. I think when you look at who can win a championship in the East, there's three teams that are that are much better than them for this season. But I think the Sixers are that team, the best of the rest in the East. I think you look at Philly right now. They could be the team that maybe spoils a couple of parties in the playoffs. If it, if it all comes together, again, they got to figure out the dynamic with Simmons and Embiid, and they've got to make sure Embiid stays healthy or they're not going anywhere. They're still not going to go anywhere. It's built around those two guys still. So 
we'll see what the Sixers decide to do. And, and if Doc Rivers can't figure it out, it might be time to blow this thing up. So we'll have to see. But for right now, they put their stock in Doc. And they're going to roll forward with what they've got, adding some of that shooting that hopefully can move them forward in the right direction. But we'll have to see. Third spot. I went back and forth on this. The top three, I think, could go in a number of different orders here. But for third, I I went with the NBA runners-up from a season ago. Because I think the Miami Heat are are not... I I hope, you know, Heat fans and and people that follow basketball don't take this the wrong way about this team. I I could see the Miami Heat struggling at times during this regular season. They're they're not a team that, that, you know, goes for... And gets the one seed all the time. You know, I, I just, listen. Bam Adebayo, fantastic. Precious Achua is a fantastic draft pick to add. You have Butler and Dragic, Tyler Hero, Igodala, Myers Leonard. You add Avery Bradley, which I thought was a fantastic addition to this roster. Kelly Olynyk, Duncan Robinson. It, it's a good team. It's a great team. It's a potential NBA champion. You know, this is this team's got that in them. I just, and by the way, Udonis Haslam is still a Miami Heat player. He's 40 years old. Udonis. Come on, man. But hey, he's getting he's getting almost $2 million a year. So you know what? Fair play to him. But for right now, I, I, Eric Spolstra, again, this is when, when we come down to the playoffs, this is a team that can win the championship. No doubt. No doubt in my mind. If, they, if the Heat weren't hurt last year in the finals, they, by the way, they were they were destroyed by injuries in the finals. If they were healthy, they could have won the championship. Everyone's saying the Lakers are far away the best team. The Heat took them to six with, with half the roster intact. So I, I don't want to hear that, you know, nobody from the East can beat the Lakers. The Heat could have beaten them last year. So I, I, I've got the Heat as a real title contender, but I think they're going to finish third in the regular season. This was the tricky one. First and second in the East, and this is where we'll wrap things up on the show this week. I gave the nod to the Milwaukee Bucks. I think the Celtics are just... It's going to be tight, no doubt. It's going to be very tight at the top of the East. And don't get me wrong. When, when you add in a Tristan Thompson, along with Kemba, Jeff Teague, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Daniel Tice, Jalen Brown, it, it's a strong team, no doubt. The Celtics are going to be very, very good, if not the best team in the East this season. They almost were last year. You know, they were a couple bounces of the ball and a block shot away from potentially beating the Heat last season. So, it, this team will be in the mix, no doubt. But I've got the Celtics in second, and I think I, I think you've got to give Giannis the nod at the moment. I, I think that this team is still the team to beat in the East. And this, is, this might be the last time they can have that preseason moniker before things have to possibly change. I mean, you look at Giannis, Pat Connaughton, they had DJ Augustine, Dante DiVincenzo, True Holiday, Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, the ba- the Robin to Giannis's Batman. And there's some interesting pieces that they've added to the roster as well, like a Bryn Forbes, you know, Mama Didi Akite, who might not play a lot, but is an interesting addition. Uh, you also look at Tory Craig, as well, so there, there's some pieces here. It, it doesn't look as vaunted as the the Bucks team from last year, but remember the bubble kind of slowed them down. Thanasis Antetokounmpo, his brother Giannis's brother, there as well as older brother on the team. So we'll see. But I think you give them the edge because Giannis is the best player in the East. I think you've got to give them just a smidge of a leg up in the Eastern Conference. So that's where I stand. That's where I'm going to go and finish things up here in the East and in my NBA predictions. Guys, two big things before I go. Number one, let me know what you think. 
let me know your thoughts on my predictions for this upcoming NBA season. Um, some people last week were asking about MVP, you know, rookie of the year, defensive player of the year. I, I haven't had time to go deep into that yet. I, I, I mean, I'll throw a couple, you know, Luka Doncic is certainly in the mix. Giannis is in the mix. LeBron, probably not going to win it, but could be in the mix as well for the MVP. You know, I think Jason Tatum has got a shot to, to be there as well, although I think he could also win the scoring title. So we'll see how that works out. As far as a, you know, defensive player of the year, I think you look at Rudy Gobert, Giannis again, Anthony Davis. Oh, and uh, and Bam Adebayo. I think you throw him into the mix as well. By the way, Montrez Harrell. Early dark horse. I think you could throw him potentially in the mix as well. And sixth man of the year uh, as well. So that, I think those are definitely guys to watch out for. No question about it. I think you look at rookie of the year. You know, LaMelo Ball for me, maybe Tyrese Halliburton. Those are probably the two I look at right now. Some, some people have thrown out Patrick Williams from Chicago. Maybe. And I wouldn't be surprised if he gets going, if Obi Toppin enters his name into that discussion as well. Second thing before I leave. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Enjoy the holidays. I'll see you guys next week, actually, just before it turns into 2021. Then we'll talk more Knicks. We'll talk opening night for the Knicks as well, which is just at the halftime mark as this podcast is recorded. You'll know the result of the game. And we'll talk a lot more Knicks and a lot more NBA regular season once we get into next week's show. Until then, enjoy your Christmas, enjoy your holidays, and I'll see you guys next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting podcast podcast. Network.